Hey guys, it's Bob here. When Chris and I really wanted to start a podcast together, just talking about sports, we thought the best way to do it was to just start recording hour-long episodes and until they got good enough to post on the iTunes and actually start the podcast, we would just throw them away and, and, and take notes and, and, and work on the next one and, and see what we could do better. Because of the Wells report being released that we talked about in our full episode of what are you talking about this week, which you can definitely check out on iTunes. It's up there. It's on the blog. We felt the need to talk about Deflategate. And unfortunately, one of the episodes that didn't get posted way back on January 26th, we recorded an episode in between the AFC and NFC championship games and the Super Bowl. And we talked a lot about the Deflategate scandal. That was eight days after the New England Patriots ran all over the Colts. So we had a lot of information about what was going on in Deflategate at the time. So we thought it would rele- be relevant to to post our conversation that we had back way back then since we talked about Deflategate in the most current episode. So the audio is a little rough. We're a little awkward. I mean, we're always awkward, but we're just a little bit more awkward and we don't even have a name, so don't be confused if we introduce it uh, as something funny or something goofy. This still is the same Bob and Chris, uh, just a little bit younger, about four months younger. So take a listen to it. It's about 26 minutes long. Uh, definitely give us your opinion about what you think about the Deflategate scandal. And yeah, just enjoy. It's a blast from the past. I, I think we're calling it a bonus B-side. So enjoy, guys. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Renegades. I'm Bob, and with me, as always, is my older brother, Chris. What's going on, Chris? Not much. I'm feeling a little deflated today, though, Bob. <laughs> that is a, a, a very good pun for <laughs> the topic that we're talking about. We are halfway through uh, the two-week delay until the Super Bowl. You would think that we would be talking about anything other than the NFL, but in fact, the biggest story is still the NFL with Deflategate. Um, what what are your initial thoughts on the on the matter? Well, I, I thought we'd be talking about the NFL. I never thought we would be talking about the science of the football. It is very crazy. I never thought that the football preparation prospect uh, uh, process, excuse me, was so elaborate. But more importantly, I never thought that the football preparation process had so much latitude in the sense that the individual teams had so much input as to how they prepare their own footballs for the game. Yeah. And it's, it been, kind it's, of, been in, it's definitely been enlightening on, on that process. And I think the, the most similar uh, thing to it is with pitchers and, and the dirt they can put on the baseball and I didn't realize that that could go, that was also in the NFL, such preference for the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I honestly didn't really realize that each team played with its own football, that it brought and prepared in such detail. I knew that they switched them out for the kicking game, but I didn't realize that each team provided a certain set of footballs. Each team offense played with one football and I knew they switched them out but I just didn't have any idea that there was so much latitude involved with the process so it's been enlightening in ways that I never thought would be and 
truth be told, I thought that we'd be talking more about the matchups, the fact that we have a very strong Super Bowl on tap between two teams that are very evenly matched and have some history, but instead we're talking about this notion that the Patriots may have, again, cheated the rules uh, in, in this time much more impactful to the game as opposed to Spygate in 2007. Um, we're not going to talk about Spygate as much. We're going to focus more on what's happened here. But, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, and I don't know how that's possible if you're a sports fan, but <laughs> uh, the NFL found that 11 of the Patriots footballs were underinflated by at least one PSI. There have been reports that um, some were inflated by two some one report said that it was only one football that was inflated by two psi and the other 10 were only inflated under inflated by one yeah and, and that's 11 of the 12 game balls that the patriots can bring in right 11 of the patriots 12 game balls the colts 12 game balls were found to have been at the normal level which is between uh 12.5 and 13.5 psi which for those of you who don't know is the air pressure of the football um, and the other key point is that there have been a number of different reports out there, but it seems as if that the Patriots footballs were switched out at halftime and that for the second half of the game, the Patriots were playing with footballs that met the NFL's rule standards. And I do think that's a key point because the third quarter of that game was when it really swung in the Patriots' favor and yeah, they absolutely. put the Colts away. So I do think it's funny that the Patriots actually kind of played better when they played with the NFL-approved uh, football as opposed to the one that they allegedly modified. And so that's kind of a an interesting twist, sort of reinforces the frustration that why would they even do this in the first place? Um and we'll, we'll get to more about the, the specific outcome of the game, but, you know, that that's where the Patriots stand. Uh, again, all of this is allegedly the NFL has not come out and levied any sort of charges or, or, or punishments, excuse me, or sanctions right. against the organization or suspended anyone or even named names. They, they've identified a potential uh, New England Patriots uh, locker room attendant who um, is supposed to have been caught on video taking the footballs from the officials locker room to another place in the stadium and that's where the NFL potentially believes that the footballs were altered but again they haven't released anything other than this guy is a person of interest they have not identified him by name and I don't I, I couldn't find the video anywhere so I don't think they've released the video either yeah I think the video is security footage or something along that line you hit on a point that I really want to hammer home is that the results of the AFC championship were set in stone regardless of the PSI of the balls. And the one thing to consider is that Andrew Luck wasn't throwing under inflated balls. The Colts, the visiting team, always gets to bring their own set of 12 game balls. Right. So Deflategate had no effect on the Colts' offense. Mm -hmm. Ironically, the whole thing got started on a DeQuell Jackson interception of Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. He was able to catch it a little e more easily than I guess he thought uh, he could, and he was able to catch it a little more uh, softly 
and he noticed the, the I guess that the ball felt soft and he told an official and that's how the whole train got started mm-hmm. so I think that's that's some irony there's a lot of irony in this story don't right. you think well, especially being Browns fans, one of the Browns players was involved with the first step. But there's actually been some reports conflicting that I believe DeQuil has denied that he blew the whistle. I think he just made a comment to someone on the Colts staff who then brought it to the attention and, and, and oh, okay. texted the general manager or something along those lines. Yeah. But DeQuil has denied that he blew the whistle. But there was no doubt that he was instrumental in raising the awareness with that interception um, because had he not intercepted Tom Brady's pass, the Colts may never even known. And so, again, it gets back to the irony. If uh, the Patriots play turnover-free football, this thing never would have uh, seen the light of day. Right. And so, for better or for worse, because obviously, um, you know, you don't want any team bending or trying to get an advantage by the rules but it is kind of funny that the Patriots only have themselves to blame. The other thing I wanted to point out is uh, ESPN did a sports science on this, and they kind of right. weighed the pros and cons of uh, a you know deflated football. And the grip is the key here. The quarterback can grip the football easier, especially in these inclement weather conditions. But mm-hmm. there is a, a takeaway for that. And sports science concluded that the velocity of the football is actually slower to the extent that the defender can make up an extra inch in closing to the ball, which to normal people doesn't seem like much. But to these guys, at this level, every inch is critical. And so I, I think that's another sort of ironic twist, too, in the sense that the Patriots, yeah, they they you know, thought they were getting an advantage, but they actually were giving the defense an advantage too. And I don't know, it, it all gets back to the why did a team that was so clearly superior in the AFC Championship game feel the need to go through with this? And I'll get to some theories on that in a bit, but it just seems to me, like you've touched on this a number of times, the AFC Championship game would not have changed. I think the, the Colts and most fans and people people who follow the NFL would agree that the Colts were dead on arrival. Yeah, even even Andrew Luck and I think Dwayne Allen tweeted out like the Colts aren't mad at the Patriots. They recognize that they got destroyed. I think it's the league and fans who, you know, the Patriots are a really hated team in the league and by the fans because of their success and with Spygate mm-hmm. and Belichick being kind of an abrasive person mm-hmm. a lot of people want the pets to fail and that that's why it's an issue also it it's still cheating but I think that's why it's getting blown up to a bigger proportion mm-hmm. yeah I agree with you on both of those points there are a couple of things going on here one it's cheating at the highest stage of the game you know yeah. if you're in the game to go to the Super Bowl any sort of accusations of cheating is going to be magnified for any team at this level of the season. So I think Patriots aside, if any team got caught doing this in this situation, it's going to reach these kind of proportions, especially with the two-week layover between the Super Bowl. The Pro Bowl isn't much of a a holdover between this time. So the news cycle is definitely going to eat this alive. Secondly, you touched on another thing. Everyone in the league hates the Patriots because over the last 15 years they've been 
the team everyone has to beat to get through to win a championship. And that's true in any sports. Everyone hates the Yankees because of their success. Everyone hates the Cowboys because of their past success and because they have a huge national following. Same goes true for the Lakers, Notre Dame, ideally with it in Ohio, with Ohio State. Any sort of team that has been on a national profile and has had this kind of huge success is going to draw the ire of every other team and every other fan base in the NFL. So it doesn't help that the Definitely. Patriots have, have that working against them. It doesn't help that Bill Belichick is not a media-friendly person, to say the least, and yeah. that his press conference are, are, are one- to three-word responses at best. He You're can, reaching a Marshawn Lynch level, actually. Exactly. <laughs> Except on Saturday. Saturday was definitely not a typical Bill Belichick press conference. He came out very strong in defense of the New England Patriots. Yeah. Do you think he uh, deflected the blame off of himself and put it squarely on Tom Brady? I don't, actually. I, I mean, I, I, people read into that, I think, a little too closely. I think he said you'd have to ask Tom about right. the specific grip of the football. I don't think he was throwing him under the bus, but Bill Belichick doesn't throw the football. I mean, he's the coach. I think I don't think he was throwing Tom Brady under the bus. Um, and and people were trying to read into Tom's press conferences. He was nervous. He was jittery. Whatnot. I I, I just don't buy into those things the way some people do. I, I kind of take a look at you know what they're saying and. I don't know. I don't. I, I didn't read too much into any of their press conferences. Of course, I'm taking everything that they say with a grain of salt because I don't really believe that if this was going on, that they had nothing to do with it. Right. But at the same time, I, I'm not gonna, you know, read into a press conference with, you know, supreme closeness because these guys, they're very very well versed and prepared in what they say they're not going to give you anything and especially tom and bill who have been uh doing this for a long time so i i, I didn't i didn't read into those press conferences as closely as some yeah. people did i think um belichick if he is involved i why is he involved in something like this you know i i think his involvement will turn out to be just turning a blind eye if anything I don't think he like held a meeting with Tom Brady and the staff and was like we're gonna deflate the balls I think uh, realistically he probably doesn't care knew very knew nothing about this I think it'd be preposterous if it turned out that he was the mastermind behind it I think it's more likely that Tom Brady voiced his preference to the staff said hey maybe could you get those balls a little softer for me and throughout the course of the season they wanted to please him because he's a star quarterback and things got a little out of hand but you know he didn't say anything because he likes it he likes he's said even before this year there are clips of him saying that he likes a softball Mm -hmm. and you got to be careful how you say things in this controversy too there's a lot of innuendos you can fall into yeah i I realize i said (laughs) it a couple times already (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but no, I, here's the thing. I If Bill Belichick was involved, it seems kind of ridiculous because the fact that they switched out the game balls at halftime tells me that it didn't take long for someone to notice there was a problem. So yeah. why he thought 
that he could get away with this at the AFC Championship game is absurd. So, to me, I don't think that the Brady and Belichick were directly involved. Because mm-hmm. I just don't think that they are that they're that naive to think that they could have gotten away with this at this level of the game or at this level of the tournament. Now, there are some people that think that are saying that it's an unwritten rule that quarterbacks do whatever they want to the balls. You know, you told me that Eli Manning's balls take what a whole week to prepare. There's a New York times article, I believe. And it's a, it's a real long feature about just the amount of preparation that goes into the footballs Eli Manning uses on game day. And it was something like each game day football takes two to four weeks to prepare. And they start in like the first week of August to get ready for the season. And that nobody else is allowed to use those footballs in practice. And really, he's the only one who's allowed to, like, test them out to get ready. I can't remember the details of the article, but I just remember it's a New York Times article. It was written a couple years ago. And it's unbelievable how much latitude these guys have in getting the football to feel just right. And that's what amazes me is that just sports at this level, why these, these guys have so much access to the game ball it's kind of crazy to me. I, I, you would think the NFL would just supply 24 footballs, not let either team touch them. Yeah, they inflate them all to the same to the same level and right. say play ball. Exactly for fear that stuff like this would happen. And and these guys are insanely competitive. You know they're looking. They they look for any way to to get an edge on the field without breaking the rules, but maybe pushing the limits a little bit. Like for instance, uh. Allegedly, Aaron Rodgers told Phil Simms in a pregame interview that he likes to push the limit of how much air they can put into the football, even go over what they allow you to to do yeah. and see if the officials will take out of it. I kind of uh, half-quoted what he allegedly told Phil Simms in a game uh, pregame interview. Uh, and, yeah, so, I mean, you know, these guys have pushed the limits, too. And, and Brad Johnson in the Super Bowl in 2003 yeah. uh, allegedly, or no, not allegedly, he admitted it. He said that. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's come out. And he, he paid <laughs> $7,500 to have the staff get the footballs just right. Now, I don't think it was involving deflating them. He was talking more about scuffing them and, right. and putting them through the fire. But still, I mean, we're talking about a quarterback who bribed game day staff to make sure that the footballs were customized to his liking in the Super Bowl. And I don't know, is that, did he technically break the rules because they didn't deflate him? I don't know, but he still bribed someone to do it. So it's one of those things where it's like this practice of hyper-preparing these footballs is a lot more widespread than I think a lot of people imagine. Yeah, I think they're definitely already going to be a rule change just to save face what what do you think the end result is going to be we're still in the middle of the investigation they're going to interview this person of interest but right. what do you think is the outcome well first off anyone who says that the patriots are going to be removed from the super bowl needs to take a few steps back from the edge yeah. um, 
That's I would not also happening. be <laughs> I would also be extremely surprised if anyone of significance was suspended for the Super Bowl. Brady and Belichick being the two I'm focusing yeah. on here. You know, because even it, if you hate <clears throat> even if you hate the Patriots, do you really want the Colts to play the Seahawks? You know, like don't you want to see the Seahawks beat the Patriots if you if you're a Patriot hater and you want them out of the Super Bowl, like the I can and, guarantee you that the Seahawks would destroy the Colts. Oh, I, I guarantee that too. And, and and no one wants to see Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever. How, I'm sorry for mispronouncing his name. It's wrong. Oh, but Garoppolo. No, Garoppolo. Nobody wants to see him starting for the New England Patriots. Fans. Yeah. Fans want justice, but at the same time, if these guys are suspended, they're going to vote with their clickers, and this game will not draw as highly as it would with those guys in it. So Definitely. it is a double-edged sword from the fans' perspective. A lot of fans want the Patriots to get punished, and they want them to be punished for the Super Bowl, but the NFL isn't going to do it. Why? Because they know if they do it, fans not as many fans will watch the Super Bowl. And so, yeah. you know, it's another one of those sort of hypocrisies of sports. You know, the NFL, I, I would be shocked if they affect the Super Bowl in any way. I think any punishment is going to come after the Super Bowl. I definitely think the Patriots are going to get fined. I don't see how they get out of a fine. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely think the Patriots are going to lose at least one draft pick, one significant draft pick um, in the first or second round range, maybe multiple. And in this year's draft, I think that anything less than that and the fans are just going to go berserk um, mm -hmm. because it's not just cheating in the AFC Championship game. It's their second offense and that's what this all gets back to they were caught with spygate they were fined heavily for spygate belichick five hundred thousand dollars which i don't care how much you make half a million dollars is a lot of money and the yeah. new england patriots organization two hundred fifty thousand dollars which maybe was a little light given how much they find belichick but at the same time it's still a solid well for an organization that's not as solid but the big one was the organization was docked their first round draft pick which is a very big uh big deal for anyone yeah that would affect just about anybody but the patriots <laughs> because that year they had swindled the uh, san francisco 49ers out of their draft pick which happened to be i think seventh overall and I think they took Gerard Mayo with that pick. They, they traded rookie of the year. They traded out and got Gerard Mayo at I think ninth or eleventh overall that year. So they they could have <laughs> had two first round draft picks that year, but the NFL chose to dock them the lower of the two, which a lot of people disagreed with. People thought that they should have taken the San Francisco 49er pick, which would have turned out to be a very significant given who that player turned out to be, but uh, the past is the past. This year, yeah. I don't think they're going to get away with with those kind of things. I think the fine is going to be bigger. I think the organization is going to be fined a significant amount of money. I don't know if they'll find Belichick because they would need to prove his involvement. With Spygate, he was proven to be involved with that. I think yeah. they're going to have to link Belichick to the situation in order to punish him. But given that this is the organization's second offense and given that he is also a face in that organization, it wouldn't surprise me if Bill Belichick was fined. Maybe not to the extent that he was in Spygate, but it also wouldn't surprise me if he was suspended for a couple games starting off the next year as well. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I think I'm in agreement with you. A fine, some draft picks. Uh, you mentioned Spygate, but Bounty Gate, which wasn't 
the Patriots as the New Orleans Saints a few years ago. They got fined two consecutive second round picks, so maybe that'll happen to them. Yes. Um, I don't know. I think another thing to consider is the NFL's image issue that they have right now, the domestic abuse issues that they've had, the Ray Rice scandal with uh, Steve Biscotti. Is that the Baltimore Ravens owner? Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, allegedly, allegedly begging Goodell to go light on Ray Rice for the initial suspension and him conceding. I think if he goes light again, especially considering he's even closer with Robert Kraft, probably closer to him than anybody not named Jerry Jones, uh, there's going to be a serious image issue and people are going to be calling for Goodell's head just because he's too cozy with the owners. I think he needs... He needs to come down fair or at least a little extreme, and that might be a Belichick-Brady suspension next year. I don't know, but I I think he just has to prove that he's not always on the owner's side. He needs to protect the integrity of the game. He needs needs to to prove himself in this one. I think he's in a sticky situation. He's in a very sticky situation, but at the same time, Roger Goodell and any commissioner in any sports is always in very sticky situations. Uh, I yeah, don't think sure. that he can come out of this without someone being very mad at him, not counting Boston fans, because no matter what punishment the Patriots receive, Boston fans are going to be happy with him. I'm talking about the other 31 fan bases here. Um, th- yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it is a very sticky situation, but you also have to weigh the other thing. It's You have to protect the integrity of the game. You have to levy a punishment, but is it fair to punish an organization too hard because of the the public relations pressure they you know yeah. you, you want a fair punishment here and, and again i'm not advocating for what the patriots did even though full disclosure i am a patriots fan but you know at the same time you you, you want to have a punishment that that fits the crime and is fair and it gives a team you know it, it prevents them from thinking about doing it again that's the key. You don't yeah. just want to slap on the wrist. You want to deter the Patriots and any other organization from pulling this kind of stuff at the game's biggest stage because it really is an insult to the Seahawks and the Super Bowl that we are not talking about them. We're not talking about the matchup. We're not talking about two great teams, a matchup that mm-hmm. I'm very excited for, the new guard versus the old guard. There's so many storylines that could be going on right now, and it's not fair to them that this is dominating the news cycle, and it's only, what, five days to the game, and we haven't talked about the game at all. We, this is all we've talked about. This is a great Super Bowl. This isn't Tampa Bay, Oakland. This is a very strong Super Bowl and we're not talking about it. And that's the part that annoys me the most about this whole thing is that yeah. this is just a huge cloud over what should be a great end to the NFL season. And if the Patriots win, it's still not going to feel great because, I mean, as a fan, it will. Yeah, because of, because of this. Yeah, it'll feel right. tainted. Right. Well, let's, um, let's talk about the game. All right, we'll just switch gears then. I mean, yeah, we can we can control what we do. We can just talk about. Again, that was Chris and I talking about the DeflateGate scandal as it happened on January 26th. If you want to hear what we have to say about it now that the Wells report has come out, go check out our most recent episode of What Are You Talking About on FenleyRoadSports.com or at at iTunes. It's titled NBA Injuries and DeflateGate. It was published on May 9th. Definitely take a listen to it and give us your thoughts on the scandal. 
again, my name is Bob and thanks for listening. Thanks for all the support and we'll talk to you soon.